welcome listeners to season six, episode two of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char and my pronouns are she, they. And I'm Kelly and my pronouns are they, them. And this week we are watching What Keeps You Alive from 2018. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to keep you calm while you're hiding behind a tree. (laughs) This episode will contain discussion on gaslighting and gore. If either of these things are something that you need to not hear about today, feel free to skip this episode and come back next time. No worries. So I made the drink today and all days going forward. Just every day. (laughs) Uh, So I call it tumble through the woods and I wanted to go for a little bit more classy today. I feel like last week I went more like fun and this one is uh, a bit more classy. Uh, So it is one ounce of Japanese whiskey, one ounce of silver tequila, a dash of elderflower liqueur. Uh, two very thin slices of cucumber. Try to get them as thin as you can while still having a full circle. A bit of soda water just to activate everything. Uh, A pinch of salt uh, and all of this served over ice. Also, I realized that don't drink the one you're drinking because I forgot to put the pinch of salt. So I'm going to stand up Ah! and I'm going to put a pinch of salt in yours. Be right back. Okay. (laughs) All right, I'm back. That was quite a journey. I didn't say anything, so we'll cut all that. Yeah, nobody nobody saw that happen. (laughs) Uh, Now you can try it. Also, fair warning to anybody making this at home. This drink will kick you on your ass, so be very careful. Uh, It's pretty strong, but it's very... Well, what do you think? I really enjoy the cucumber. We don't make a lot of drinks with cucumber in it. A while ago, pre-Panini, Kelly and I were in Montreal. We went to this pub. Not a pub. It was like a dive bar. But it was also like, you know, kind of extra fancy and it had a lot of gin drinks. And Wait, are you calling me- the gin bar a dive bar? That was like hipster, classy gin bar vibes. Yeah, but nobody was there, <laughs> you know, and the girl was that was a, serving was us was like, this going sucks. On. <laughs> that's, that's typical fair. Montreal. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. People should have known it. But anyways, <laughs> all that to be said, we had a lot of gin drinks that evening at this place, which I enjoyed. Um, And that was my first time ever having a cucumber in a cocktail. Mm. And this is just sense memory making me think of that time, which was a really nice day. So I'm enjoying this. It also feels very almost like margarita ish. Mm. If you don't have any of the sour flavors, it's feeling very earthy. I mean, it's literally got plants in it with that (laughs) cucumber. But then the addition of the elderflower liqueur is like a nice hint coming through i'm really enjoying it yeah i am definitely gonna take slow sips because it is very liquor (laughs) yeah i had one of these earlier today um and i didn't have the elderflower liqueur because i didn't think i was going to use this recipe for this episode and then i tried it and i was like huh this kind of really gives the vibe of going out to the woods uh during like summer and kind of like hanging out and hopefully having a chill time with your partner and, and I wanted to use the elderflower liqueur for this show. So um, I made the same drink and put the liqueur in it. And I think it it's like subtle, but um, I think it works really well. And I think people underestimate the impact of cucumber in drinks. Yeah. Like when you go to a place and there's cucumber water, it tastes like cucumber. So yeah. it stands to reason that the cucumber is going to work on the liquor as well. Honestly, cucumber is so underrated. Like even adding lately, I've been adding cucumbers to my sandwiches that I make. 
and it just feels good. It gives that crunch, Ooh. which at the end of this drink, I'm going to eat that cucumber and <laughs> gonna I'm going to get infused. a crunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's like really refreshing, which is weird because neither tequila nor Japanese whiskey are that refreshing. So it's it's interesting that the cucumber kind of elevates it to that point. And um, speak for yourself. I mean, tequila to me is refreshing. I don't know. That's a <laughs> that's a salty flavor for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like it. And obviously, yeah. because I've made two of these now. <laughs> a nice change from my usual repertoire of what I, I go to for a cocktail, for sure. And we've also this is uh, so many anecdotes and we only just started, but we also have moved back to the city and our new place has a balcony and I could just see us, you know, sipping these. We got like bar stools because, you know, we're we're trying to be safe. We don't want to go out to pubs. We don't want to yeah. go out while the while the I was going to say while the cucumber is happening. <laughs> That's one, I've never heard it called that yet. <laughs> While the happening. pickle is going on. Yeah. But so Kelly set up like we bought this uh, overhang table to have our own little patio that's safe for us. Yeah. And I can just see us dr- enjoying these drinks on that patio. I mean, it's our platform. Hey, y'all, there are some people that can't go out yet because they're immunocompromised and even just going to restaurants could kill them. So not not to yuck your yums, but just keep that in mind that there are people that there is a still pan still a pandemic going on for. Yeah. Uh, and not I mean, everything for everyone, open. like 13,000 people just died again. Yeah. But a lot of people ignore that. So, you know, just put that put that under the rug for some people. But yeah, there's still a pandemic going on. And I don't know. I trust our listeners to know that. But I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm blind to some things. So maybe this will open some people's eyes a little bit. Anyways, yeah. back to the episode. <laughs> Have safe fun. That's all we're saying. And we are also going to say thank you. To our patrons. <laughs> Thank you all so, so much for supporting the show. If you love drinking and screaming and you want to support us, you can always go to patreon.com slash drink and scream. And these folks are already doing that. So we're going to say thanks. Extra special. Thank you to Aubrey L. Colleen D. The Les Represent podcast. Roxanne B. Jackie V. Aiden T. There's so many that end with like an E sound. <laughs> so I so <laughs> to say them in that order. Ollie A, Diana S, Jacob M, and Nicholas G. Thank you all so, so much for supporting the show. We could not do this without you. We really, really appreciate it. And you get priority if there are ever suggestions that you'd like to make for what we watch or what we make. Get that if you're a patron. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Whoa. You can change the game. <laughs> so this week we watched What Keeps You Alive from 2018. It premiered on August 24th of that year and it is written and directed by Colin Minihan. It stars Brittany Allen as loving wife and final girl Jules and Hannah Emily Anderson as murderous wife Jackie. This synopsis was not on IMDb. They didn't have one, but this is written by an anonymous user on Google Jackie and Jules are a couple celebrating their first anniversary at a secluded cabin in the woods belonging to Jackie's family. From the moment they arrive, something changes in Jules' normally loving wife as Jackie begins to reveal a previously unknown dark side, all building up to a shocking revelation that will pit Jules against the woman she loves in a terrifying fight to survive. So Jackie pushes Jules off a cliff. (laughs) 
killing her. She goes back to the cabin to practice how she will sound when she calls the police, goes back to the body site. But Jules's body is nowhere to be found. Jules actually survived and having completed medical school, patches herself up. She attempts to travel across the lake to neighbors, but Jackie manages to follow her. So to save her own life, Jules invites the neighbors to their lake house that night, to which Jackie tells her she must not tell them anything or she will kill them all. And that's exactly what happens. <laughs> then it is cat and mouse as wife and wife try to outwit one another, ultimately ending in Jackie killing Jules, even when it seemed Jules had the upper hand. Luckily, Jules had the foresight when patching herself up earlier to tamper with her wife's insulin medication. So when Jackie takes her meds, she unknowingly poisons herself. The film ends zooming in on Jules' bloody face, unblinking, as we hear this final girl take a surviving breath. Whoa. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Two hoota thunks in there. She's dead. No, she's not. She's dead. No, she's not. <laughs> Hit me with that trailer audio. You can never really know what's going on inside their head. Really know what's going on inside us. Did Megan not tell you anything about Jenny? And you just pray you don't get the worst. I was I was so for that trailer. They used the song that she was singing on the couch, which was very unsettling. Yeah. Uh, and they made it better with the like overlapping. Yeah. Um, the pacing of the trailer was really good. It was like less than a minute long, but I was like oh, they're not going to show that it is Jackie doing all of this. Like there were so many shots of like her hair covering her face, like wearing different clothes, not able to see her kind of in the shadows and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. It's going to kind of look like the two of them are trying to survive against someone that's trying to kill them. But then just near the end, you see Jackie stabbing something covered in blood, which I guess you could kind of interpret as her like killing the Being killer. Being final or girl. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's true. I guess I'm going with, I'm going into that trailer with the understanding of what the movie is. So it would be interesting to see if someone watched that and didn't pick up on that. The like one liner you get is that the wives will be fighting against each other also. So Mm. I liked what they did here, too, of it was very murky of who was the enemy. They are both the enemy. Whereas when we're watching, it's so clear that one is the enemy and one is the victim. Also, I guess um, like there is the line of like, oh, she didn't tell you about Jenny, which kind of makes it seem that like maybe there is another person out there named Jenny Mm -hmm. doing all of the killings Mm -hmm. Um, and not that your wife killed her friend named Jenny. Do you have thoughts to jump into? I do have some thoughts. Uh, So, I mean, listen, I know it's been a while since we've recorded and it might be a while since I've had this point, but you know how I love to talk about cinematography. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, tell me more, please. Yeah. Uh, So I really thought this movie did a great job with its cinematography. Um, It used a lot of techniques, um, which normally could have been just like jumbly and I don't know, disjointed, but all of the techniques they used fit really well in the moment, um, especially for like what they were trying to tell. So from the moment that they enter the house, they get kind of like this walkthrough of everything. And it, it's no cuts of uh, mm-hmm. Jules like walking through the house and Jackie just disappears from that scene. 
Um, and it's cool because like Jules is like, oh, I love this place. It's so great. And there's this moment of like, oh, your wife's like not with you while you're enjoying this, which kind of immediately nails home this like disconnect of them. Um, yeah. And you're with Jules the entire time with this uncut shot which is really neat. And it's that that shot is also used later when they're fighting in the house. There's the um, the camera that moves through the house while they're fighting sort of in the same way. Uh, and like showing the ceiling. Like yeah. You don't see a lot of the final battle, but you hear it and the camera tracks where it's going. But you just see the wood of the ceiling, yeah. which I thought was cool. And it's like that who who's going to win kind of moment. Well, um, and then when uh, Jules is first pushed off the cliff, the camera immediately takes on this or like not immediately, but when it's with Jules, the camera takes on this like really shaky, unstable vibe where it's following her and it's like petering all over the place. And it's like hard cuts of her just trying to get like her bearings and being very confused. Um, and the, the, the camera sort of told a story through that and especially like cutting to flashbacks of them being together. It's like what's running through her mind of like, how could she have done this? We were so in love. Here's all of these things I remember. Totally. Um, that camera was with us for the storytelling from the moment that we hit play. Mm-hmm. I even down to <laughs> so after uh, Jackie kills the other couple and like disposes of their body, there's it's almost almost like almost like an artistic up your own ass moment of uh, Jackie cleaning up after herself. And even that did a really good job of sort of putting yourself putting you in Jackie's mind for once uh, mm. where like she's cleaning, really practiced and thoroughly uh, she's playing piano. She takes a bath, but it's all done with this like eerie glow of a black light she's using to find all the blood spots. Um, and it's this like alien disconnect between what we've had earlier in the movie and what we're experiencing now, which is to show us that Jackie is entirely disconnected from what she had actually done. And this is just a, a walk in the park kind of fun moment for her, I guess. Self-care, you know? Yeah. There's a demon inside. You gotta let it out. Yeah. With a black light. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked it. And and for the, for the most part, we're with Jules. But for that one moment, we're with Jackie in this creepy, eerie black light moment. And she's so hard to understand. I mean, it's like ironic, I guess. But with psychopaths, you can't... They don't really empathize with people. Yeah. And then... Or I don't know if psychopath is the right term, but that's what I'll use. for American this. psycho. <laughs> Although it's Canadian. Uh, so Canadian psycho. True. Man, our Canadian psychos lesbian. That's great. We, we did it again. <laughs> we won. <laughs> and for this, like getting into her headspace was so hard for me as a viewer. So having that moment where the camera does assist you in that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was so calm for what she had just done. There's like four deaths or three deaths, two, a lot of death. Several deaths, redos of deaths as well. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My second point is interesting because I'm sort of divided on it. So I'll say my point, but I do want input because I'm not even too sure how I feel about it. So in the movie, there's uh, Jackie and Jules, who are the main uh, couple. And then there's the other couple of Sarah, I want to say. I don't know their names. Let me look it up. Regardless, me not remembering their names makes sense. So uh, (laughs) Sarah and husband and the husband. Daniel and Sarah. I was right. So Daniel, Sarah and Daniel 
of that couple, the husband was just so useless, both as a character and I feel as a plot point. And the thing I'm torn about is on the one hand, they sort of gender swapped that role of the clueless spouse who's just there to support the main spouse, which does reveal how malicious that trope can be, especially in like horror movies where in this case he was just used to be the first body. And so many times movies will have that be the wife and it's just, oh, she's just mm-hmm, clueless mm-hmm. and ditzy and then dies immediately. But on the other hand, I think that writing that character still put sort of a stain on the movie because it exposed the trope well, but the expense of maybe a potentially more interesting character. Um, it was very interesting to me. Sorry, I cut you off. No, I mean, that's where my thought ends. And I'm like, I want to hear what you think about that. Yeah, it was interesting to me because we see him also sort of like downplay Sarah. We don't get a lot of of screen time with this other couple, barely any, especially when they're alone. Um, but one of the things is he's talking to Jackie, the murderer, and is like, yeah, he's kind of had a few drinks at this point. And he's like, you know, Sarah, you know, thinks and then he like stops himself, but basically is saying like she thinks you're really weird <laughs> and like you've done some fucked up stuff. Uh, and him just like saying that even when they were at a dinner party together, really really felt wrong to me mm-hmm. as a partner even if i've had a few drinks i'm never gonna is share with someone that i don't even know your innermost thoughts about <laughs> them so that was a total red flag for me yeah and then on the other hand when we're they're approaching the lake house to start this awkward dinner throughout the film so far we've just seen like oh they've been old friends they've been disconnected now and then it's the, in this moment that we know that uh, Sarah really doesn't want to have this dinner. She thinks it's it's going to be awkward and she just doesn't feel comfortable in that space. And that's where we see him be sort of more caring, I guess. Like, <laughs> well, it'll be really quick. Don't worry about it on that porch. And that was relatable to me because we've had sort of co- conversations <laughs> about that when we're going to do something that we don't want to do. And like, don't worry. Either it's like we're leaving the house or we're just about to arrive at the place. So it'll be quick. We'll go in and out. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so it was relatable to me having them as this couple. But I do agree that he was just I think I won't say he's so useless in terms of he was the first body, but he also distracted uh, Jackie so that Jules could talk to Sarah Mm. which was like a chance for them to try and get away, which ultimately failed. But like accidentally. And he was drunk. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's interesting because like literally his character was, you want some wine? I got some wine. Hey, what kind of wine do you want? Red, white, wine. I'm going to get another <laughs> wine. Hey, want some wine? I, I swear to God, like the majority of his lines were about wine. Yeah. And as much it is frustrating when that always happens to the female spouse exactly if it's like a het relationship and that's so, the thing it's I like it, it's it's it it is good that they sh- revealed that but i don't think that character is interesting regardless of what gender they are and it sort of just marred that character and yeah I don't know, sort of like, i think you're right you i know. agree with you i tried to explore the other side of it and <laughs> I, I failed <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it focused on all the ladies. Yeah, which was great. This was an awesome movie. I have a thing that was a bit frustrating for me in it. If do you, do you have any more things you wanted to talk about? 
Um, well, I don't, but I do hear some whispers from This is the part of our show where we read a review if we've gotten any and give an extra special shout out to our new patrons. And this special thank you right now is actually not for a patron. It's for you, listener. Whether you're a patron or not, it's for just you. Thank you so much for sticking by us during our extended break. We're so, so grateful to have you here and just continue on this journey with us. When we dropped last week's episode, I was honestly shocked that it was like the same amount of numbers are back (laughs) and still growing again. So thank you all for being with us and leave us a review. If you use iTunes or Spotify, Spotify now is opening up reviews for podcasts. Ooh. Um, And it really helps the show gain traction by having those reviews. So if you haven't reviewed the show yet and you like us, go ahead and give us a review. Nice. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. This season of Drinking and Screaming would not be possible without the support of Mad Lab Distillery with us since literally the very beginning. This distillery is Canadian and we love everything they create. You can get their amazing products at a private liquor store near you or at madlabdistilling.com. It they have is... some new releases coming out. Ooh. I'm very excited. We have not received their shipment yet, but we are definitely going to be continuing using their products. And I'm very excited for the new stuff they've got. My bitters are running low and I'm <laughs> bitter about it. Scott, help us! <laughs> I've literally never used bitters that weren't from them, so I am a loyal customer. (laughs) Of course, Evil Amy is our other sponsor of the show. We are waiting on some goodies to arrive from her. I'm going to keep them a secret, but we are very, very excited. Another Canadian business. uh, They're a small business. They also ship globally, so get your stuff from them. They are fantastic. You can get your purchases at EvilAmyTerrorShop.com and you can use code EVIL10 for 10% off your purchase. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Drink underscore Scream, on Facebook at Drink and Scream, and you can email us at DrinkingAndScreaming at gmail.com and we'll read it on the show. <gasps> for more information and to buy some merch, go to DrinkingAndScreaming.com. Uh, Shar, look over there. Huh? Just behind you real quick. And back to the episode. Ah! (laughs) All right. Now I would like your thoughts on the movie. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to start with my frustrating part, which is that I really was invested in Jules. I love her as a character and she was so well developed, which never happens in terms of talking about like spouses if they're ever a, a femme person in general and these people were both femmes which was great but so Jules gains the upper hand she's able to defeat her wife they're at this cliff the cliff that she was originally pushed off of she's got her line down she's like unconscious and ultimately she drives away she can't kill her wife which that's fine i can see that but then She sees the crows on the tree, which makes her think about their time talking about being in bed, you know, cuddling pillow talk. They were talking about crows and other birds. (laughs) And it just makes her want to go back and just finish what she started, which 
Then I'm like, I'm out of this now. <laughs> There's been 20 minutes have gone by. You, She's probably not unconscious anymore. She's a trained killer. She's killed. You know, at this point that she's killed and done this with six other women. What are you doing? <laughs> it, it just, ah, it felt so, it cut me off from rooting for her. It was really hard for me to continue rooting for her after she made that decision. And I wanted to ask you, why do you think that, all of that happened. Uh, yeah, I think it was a mix of like, I can't kill my wife because we did love each other, even though she told me how much she doesn't love me. And also that sort of like, I finally did it. I got to get away now and driving away. But then I think they tried their best to tell us that her motivations were, I don't want you to do this to anybody else and coming back to kill her. But I think it was, I don't know if there was like a miss, something missed there. A little bit. I understood that that was her motivation, but it wasn't clear enough why it was so strong, I guess. Because mm, mm-hmm. um, in the moment, it did seem like she was more hyped to get away. But then as she's driving, she's like, oh, she's going to do this to more people. I got to go stop her. Only I can do it. Um, and then didn't and failed. And I feel like even as a medical student, you should know how long a tranquilizer lasts. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Uh, then she sets up that whole... Eddie Munson thing where her speakers are playing out into the <laughs> woods to attract her girlfriend back. And um, wife. I don't know. Wife. Yes. Sorry. Are they you think they didn't get a divorce at that point? You don't I mean, they did spi- not sign spiritu- any papers. Spiritually divorced at that point. <laughs> An annulment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it was I think it was a weak motivation, but a noble one. Yeah, I could see that. And all this to say, like, I started off with my negative point, but I really enjoyed this movie. So my next point is my favorite part of the film, which is the first push off of the cliff because and like the surrounding, you know, 10 or 15 minutes or so, because this part of the film was so well done. I was so shocked by the push. We had seen them like not interact not connecting as a couple and i was like oh i'm interested to explore this and i kind of thought it would be more psychological which to be fair the movie is very psychological (laughs) but the actual pushing of your wife off a cliff was so jarring to me and then seeing what jackie did after it was very interesting she practices the phone call and that was like another level of evil of (laughs) contorting your voice it was very well done mm-hmm. i mean she's an excellent actress <laughs> my wife she's dead like, I, please come. <laughs> oh, and like she's not answering me and whatever it was really great and she tries it a few different ways and you can see that this is like a rehearsed pattern for her as well with all these other women that she's done it to by the end we know it's like six people and also seeing the moment where jules is awake like she's After that point, um, she's hiding in the forest and Jackie's looking for her and she continues the ruse of like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I don't know what happened and I need you and all this stuff. And then that instant split second drop of face, voice, everything. Okay, fuck you. Like, I'm going to get you. (laughs) Okay, wherever you are. Yeah, I'm done. Which was very, very cool. And like the escalation of like getting the rifle with the like auto feeder and putting on all the hunting gear and stuff like she she went from like, oh, I can I can get away with this to like, all right, let's we're down to business now. I'm going to fucking hunt you. Yep. Yeah, that was great. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Very cool. So 
Jackie's very meticulous, right? Mm-hmm. Very honed killer. Uh, I unfortunately am not. I'll just kill willy nilly. The spirits will go <laughs> everywhere. I got no cleaning process. So all my books are fucking haunted. Uh, but I do have this one incredibly particularly haunted uh, book full of all of my ex-partners. Uh, it's cool, though. They liked movies, too. So it's time to open the <laughs> so good it's cool though they like movies too they like movies too all the spirits i like the idea that when we open the reconomicon it's not us telling our recommendation it's the spirits of the book Ooh, (laughs) yes so i have haunted this book with exes who also liked movies um (laughs) and uh my their recommendation is the invitation from 2015 i'll be honest i don't remember a lot of it it's been a while since we watched it but it did have that similar vibe of like something is wrong here but i can't tell uh, or I can't place what it might be until it's too late. So, yeah, I think I remember liking it. I remember it being good. Go check it out. That's the invitation from 2015. Killer recommendation. <laughs> it, is bit, it is good. We did enjoy this movie. Okay, I really liked it. <laughs> and it also had a lot of that great couple interaction in it of mm. like of weird relationships. So that was really good. Yeah. My recommendation is Backcountry from 2014, which is another Canadian film. It's based on a true story of a couple that go camping in a national park and they get attacked by a bear. So it's got similar settings, very outdoorsy, and it's got some great fight for survival. So that's featured in both of these films. And that is Backcountry from 2014. Do not read the reviews on Shudder. They are wrong. (laughs) I almost didn't watch this movie because the reviews were so bad and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's time for scaredy facts. This is the part of our podcast where we invite you into our woodsy bed, uh, snuggle (laughs) up after a horror movie, open up a trivia fact website of your choice uh, and and look up some uh, facts about the movie so we can chill out and realize that it was all just a movie. Don't worry. Don't worry. The six other dead people also (laughs) thought it was just a movie. Unfortunately, this is a short one. I tried my best here, but there was not a lot of information out there, including the budget. I don't know what it made. This was an indie film. I do know or sorry, I don't know what budget they had, but I do know what they made. The gross worldwide for this indie film was twenty thousand seven hundred forty six dollars. Very small amount. Um, I did the festival circuits and it's received some awards, um, but I do have some cool tidbits here. Including, well, like we said earlier, this is a Canadian movie. The filming took place in Muskoka, Ontario. Got to, you know, shout out Canada whenever it comes by. <laughs> and it also played itself, which never happens. You oh. see a lot of Vancouver movies, but they do a lot of Canadian references, specifically in that first scene that you were talking about, Kelly, where they were walking around the house. Um, so that was great. Yeah. Also, the star, Brittany Allen, who played Jules, she actually composed the film's score, mm. which is her first time that she ever did that. That explains it. It had that sort of like they played it a couple songs that I was like, uh, somebody involved in the movie made this song. <laughs> and this so was you didn't not- love it. Well, I okay. So one of the songs was about how uh us as a generation were fucked by the previous one and we're gonna rebel about it. And I'm all about that. So that's true. I did like it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, 
we during our break, we watched a lot of horror movies without you all. I'm very sorry, but don't worry. <laughs> One of them was also by this director, Colin Minihan, and it was Grave Encounters, Ooh. which we enjoyed so much. We've already decided what the season's going to be, but I forgot to include Grave Encounters. So we're going to do some reshuffling to include <gasps> it in here because it's too good. Well, and yeah, same director from this film and Grave Encounters. Interesting. Uh, the stars, the two wives, also appeared as co-stars in the movie Jigsaw from 2017. Oh. Um, in that film, they actually didn't have any screen time shared together, <laughs> but that obviously changes in this one. And the last scary fact I have is a pretty cool one, especially for our show, which is that in the early stages of the film's development, the main characters were a cis-het group. <gasps> husband and wife rather than same-sex couple I, and then they were like let's make it cooler <laughs> i'm so glad because this movie would be this movie would have a very different tone if like the guy was the killer yeah and be like kind of gross but now it's cool because it's yeah. lesbians <laughs> yeah way better because of that simple fact i wish our i wish we were more popular that us doing this movie helped it more because mm. 20,000 is sad because this movie was really good. Super good. It also uh, could be like take it with a grain of salt because I took that from IMDb and who knows what it maybe it's picked up by then since this was well, it wasn't on Netflix, was it? What was it? Was it on Shutter? I thought we watched it on it streaming. was on Shutter. Yes, okay. it was on Shutter. So if you got if you got time, go watch it. Go tell friends to watch it and try to bump that up a bit. Yeah. I, we don't have the power to make that. Hey, anything can happen. <laughs> it was great. It That's, was. Honestly, I'm jumping into my final thought now, which is I really loved this movie. I loved how much detail was included in both of these female leads. They were very strong characters that had multiple facets to them. They were real strong women. They felt like real human beings. Uh, even the psychopath, you know? She felt real and I really enjoyed it. 10 out of 10. Well, 9.5 on 10. <laughs> we don't do that here. We don't review movies. We talk yeah, about We them. just talk about them, but I enjoyed it. Uh, what about you, Kelly? I honestly was surprised at how immediately it popped off. There was a, um, there was a bit of movie before it happening, but it just wasn't happening. And then suddenly movie happened. Um, and I was also surprised at like how much time they spent together. It was a very interesting, like, dynamic uh, throughout the entire movie. So it was very cool. That's a really good final thought. We didn't really discuss their. The they pre- spent a lot of time together after like, the attempted after murder. After the attack. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of being like, hey, I'm going to kill you. It's happening. I'm going to fucking murder you. And there's nothing you can do about it. But we got this luncheon to do. So be cool for a split second and then I'll kill you. And she's like, no. No, not even I, a split second. Not going to be cool. Well, that's been What Keeps You Alive, a movie about a very weird TikTok prank gone wrong. Oof. <laughs> Next week, we'll be watching the Sandra O oh led film Uma from Ooh. 2022. So we're continuing with the Canadian theme, it seems, since she's Canadian. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah. Bye! Ah. Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drink and scream. 
Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com. 